Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now, just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. I don't want any more open sex talk. Eh, I've had it up to here. I'm here to like, I'm going to go do my conservative thing. Don't know about your body. Don't masturbate. Don't touch yourself. That's naughty, nasty stuff. What's your number one search right now on Pornhub? You. Oh man, that is tough because it does it does change a lot. I tend to kind of start out with just like typing in orgasm and seeing what comes up, to be honest, because okay. anything I can do to try to get what at least appears to me to be like an authentic female orgasm, like that's where I'll go. But I will, it, I often end up in a lesbian category. So one thing I, about porn I would say that irritates me is that Hey, you need to highlight the woman, the female orgasm too, because for the most part, every guy I'm with, like that's his big climax. He is waiting for that. Anal, there's so much to explore back there. Oh, God. (laughs) And I think everybody should, I think every woman needs to try a butt plug. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla. Well, I'm super excited today because today I have a fellow sex podcaster on. We're in the same genre. I always love... Hello. Yes, her name is Em. And her podcast is The Sexistentialist. Welcome, Em, to the Curious Girl Diaries. Thank you. And can I say you nailed the title? I often get people panically pronouncing it slightly incorrect because I think it is a mouthful. I thought about rebranding, so I appreciate you really nailing that right on. Yes. (laughs) Nailed it. I can handle big words. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, Well, and hopefully that's a prelude of things to come for this podcast. Okay. Well, I want to jump right in because I think you have a pretty good backstory. And I just kind of want to share the backstory. You know, I always wonder why people start podcasts in our genre. Like, what the heck got you going down this road? Okay. So I love a good backstory. So tell me what made you decide to start podcasting about sex and sexy topics and what made you start the Sexistentialist in the first place? Yeah, it's a great question. I think it was kind of a a number of things kind of coming to a head. So I will share that I am not a sex coach or sex therapist full-time or anything like that. I work in corporate America and financial services, so very dry compared to what I talk about in my spare time. And I I think I've been looking for a long time to feel fulfilled outside of that. And kind of in tandem, I've I've always lived in a very sex positive world. I was raised by a single mom who for a number of years was a swinger. Well, she was married while she was a swinger, just to be clear, but to someone who was not my dad. And she had lived life, has lived life to the fullest in terms of her sexcapades, so to speak. And I, I grew up being like exposed to comprehensive sex education. And I've always just been the most comfortable talking about sex compared to everyone else that I know. Not that it's a competition, but I got to a point too in my adult life where I have had my ups and downs with my own sexuality. I've had some really 
amazing, phenomenal sexual experiences. And I've had some really terrible and frankly traumatic sexual experiences. And I spent a lot of therapy, spent a lot of time in therapy talking about both. And I was like, I want to do more than just talk about it in a superficial way. And so I have gotten certified and I teach sex ed to 13 and 14 year olds, try to give them the tools that they need to start off life in a healthy way and hopefully have some of the better sexual experiences that I think people should have. And then I was like, I need more knowledge. I need more information. I need access to other people's expertise and stories. And I thought, I might as well start a podcast. Yeah. Well, great idea. Oh my gosh. So like there was so much, there was so much meat on that bone. That was a meaty answer. And I'm like, where do I go? First of all, you almost kind of preemptively answered the next, uh, some of the next questions. So uh, before I ask it, I will reformulate yeah. it. But before I get, before I even get to that... Oh, so my mom was very sex positive too, uh, much to my chagrin. And I was yeah. just like, I don't want to talk about sex in third grade. Like, totally. my, mom, my mom thought I she I'd heard come down the stairs one night. She thought I'd heard her and my dad having sex, which I did not. I was totally like asleep, just going to the bathroom. And so that next day it was like, we had to have the talk and I'll never forget it. Cause I was just like, I thought we were going to Taco Bell. Like why yeah. are you talking <laughs> about yeah. sex? When I was supposed to be getting a taco supreme, (laughs) what the hell is going on? And I mean, I was so uncomfortable, but that really, that's where it started. And she was just so determined that it was going to be an open and honest household that yeah. and, she, and it, I was not going to be she wasn't going to raise me the way my grandmother raised her which was just to hand her a book yeah. and when she got her period or whatever like here you go honey figure it out totally. and so I I'm so grateful for that but I kind of feel like yeah. that's probably really what paved got me going and just being so sex positive yeah. but okay so now very quickly I'm gonna I'm looking at your question I'm gonna reread it because I know some of the <laughs> answer but so I'll reformulate it really fast so I know that growing up, you had a sex, you were growing up in a sex positive household, basically presented by your mother. And, and how do you just so how do you like, what are some of the key things that about that that you feel played into your sexuality moving forward as a young woman and as an adult woman? Yeah, so I think a combination of things. And it's funny, because like, with my mom, similar to sounds like your mom, like my mom was in a pretty, um, like sex was a taboo conversation for her as a kid. Um, yeah. I think maybe your grandma was a little bit cooler than my my grandma. My grandma was like, like still would, wouldn't talk about it. Um, oh. Got married when she was 18, like doesn't address. Yeah. So, and I'm originally from the South, so it, that yeah. kind of all tracks. But um, yeah, I think my mom wanted to kind of overcompensate, which I think has put me in a position where I for a long time, didn't want to quite be, I didn't want to be as like wild as my mom. I was like, damn, my mom has like done and seen some shit. And I don't know if uh-huh. I need that. Like yeah. I'll probably just settle down. You know what I mean? Like who needs to get freaky? And I was obviously always a very sexual being. I knew that about myself at a really young age, but I was like, I'm just going to fall in love and like settle down and have like nice vanilla sex with one man for the rest of my life. And like, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with that dream for people, but I think I weirdly was resistant to her level of exploration because I'd heard so much about it from her that I was like, God, I can't hear another story about a threesome. Like I yeah. can't think about my mom wearing a fucking strap on. Yeah. Like, dear God, like I'm never going to do any of this because it's like traumatically right. tied to my mother now. And so I was like way less, I was way less kinky when I first started exploring my sexuality, probably yeah. as a weird 
reaction to that. And I think it did take me a while to be like, oh, my mom is probably right. Like there's some worth to dedicating time getting to myself in a explorative way, but also like exploring what other people's bodies can do and what they're capable of providing me and what I'm capable of providing to them. So yeah, it was a back and forth relationship for me internally, definitely. I so agree with this. This is just like, this is so funny. This is why it's so exciting to have you on. Like, cause you don't know what I'm going to ask you. And I don't know yeah. your whole, ba- I don't know your whole backstory either. I mean, I try to do as much research as I can, but I can't sit there and like spend 10 hours prepping. I spent a fair amount of time. But I did not know this one aspect. And it's just hilarious yeah. because I feel like I did the same thing too. I was just like very rebellious. You get this stuff liberally given to you and you when it's your turn to start exerting your rights, you move away from it because you're just like, I don't want any more open sex talk. Eh, I've had it up to here. And you're just like, I'm going to go do my conservative thing. But what ends up happening or what it sounds like for you and what ended up happening for me is you were given this really cool foundation and our moms laid this, laid the bricks and we came back to it at some point because it was there and we had access to it. And and we were actually, it's the beauty of it is we were free to reject it. And instead of never having that option, you know, we were just free to say enough. I've heard, like you said, I don't want to see the strap on story. You know, my mom was like, I don't want you to tell me another, I don't need to hear about men should be good lovers. And if he's not, if he doesn't understand your body and if he's selfish, get rid of him. And there's like all this, I'm like, I don't want to hear any more of that. Like, my, oh, I don't want to talk about my clit, one, anything. You're like, yeah. let's move on. Totally, and, yeah. But we really were kind of given a gift and now we get to appreciate it. And I, I really like that. I love that. So I was looking at some of your podcast titles yeah. and I want to ask you about those episodes because I picked three that really were like, okay. that jumped out at me. And again, sure. I'm like, oh, it sounds like, again, I see there's a lot, there's some similarities here. So I'm like, oh, I want to hear what she has to say about it. You did a two-parter, Let's Get Biblical, and you were unlearning the purity culture. And what, just what kind of in broad strokes, like, what are you covering there with that? Yeah, it's a great question. And one of the favorite episodes that I've recorded, no offense to everyone else, but I, I wanted to dive deep into essentially early 2000s evangelical uh, Christian ideals of sex and sexuality, or rather the lack thereof. So for a lot of people, young millennials, the impact of being involved in a Christian youth program, oftentimes affiliated with just kind of your run-of-the-mill church, nothing that seems culty or extremist, right? It's just part of the youth teachings are not only that sex and masturbation will send you into hell, but that basic biology that we're taught in schools is a lie. I mean, the the things that people are taught um, within the, the realm of evangelical purity culture is shame and guilt, but also like you can get STIs from a toilet seat or from shaking someone's hand. I mean, just absolute bullshit where you think in the early 2000s, we'd be past that. I mean, not past it fully, surely, but yeah. to, to an extent. And so kind of trying to break that down. And there's a lot of work that goes into that for folks who experienced it. Yeah, I know for sure. It's interesting though. I just feel like the sex ed that I got was just so, it was mechanical, but it wasn't actually really correct factually either. So of course there's nothing about 
the pleasure part of it, the woman's pleasure. It's always just about the actual act of sex being mechanical and then he puts it in and he's going to ejaculate and the semen and you're going to have a baby. You know, and it was just like, okay. It's not not funny or sexy. It's not fun or sexy or appealing when it's put that way at all. Yeah. And, and, and I guess I'm not sure it's an, it's an interesting topic because I'm not sure where and when the pleasure part of it or the responsibility portion of it, the intimacy portion of it, when and where that should come into play for junior high schoolers or middle, you right. know, whenever they start this and how much the parents want to be a part of that or not be a it's kind of a yeah. it's a weird area i guess but yeah. i will say that i wish that there was more at least emphasis for women talk to girls about hey you can say no you don't need to be given yeah. guys blow jobs and you don't need to be having sex and you don't need to you know yeah. it's not i think we see this huge divide, right? Where there's this focus on like in your title, the purity culture versus the Instagram culture where it's it's the purity culture versus am I fuckable culture? Right. Because I feel like there's just, you either have to be like, you're on Instagram showing all your stuff, always posing. You got your camera and you're sticking your butt out and your tits out. And for young, even for young girls and they're seeing this, it's like, and so their standard is it's no longer... And I'm not saying you have to be in the purity culture, but yeah. there's it's like we're either far left or far right. How about just totally. can we get in the middle? Can we find yeah. that middle ground with you it? You can't so, win. You totally yeah. can't win with this stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like you said, I mean, it's Virgin Mary or Mary Magdalene, right? Yeah. To, to keep it in the typical realm. Like it's either where's the healthy zone? Where's the healthy yeah. zone for this stuff? Like, can we focus on, you know, I always say, a lot of times on this podcast, I say we're we're a culture of extreme right or extreme left. How about can we can we find an extreme middle? Really, kind of go with that as opposed to you know yeah. either hey ladies, you got to be worried about whether or not you're fuckable because that's what guys want, or you got to be you know no be pure and don't just like don't know about your body, yeah. don't masturbate, don't touch yourself. That's naughty, nasty stuff. So yeah. Where, yeah, where do we get where do we get in the in the middle with that? And uh, I think that's one of the things I is a theme for my podcast, and that's yeah. why I love other female sex podcasters. You know, to use a generic term, just you know anybody that's sex positive <laughs> and that can put it out yeah. there. And as a woman, it always makes me happy. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. like yes, yes, yes. Yeah, um, totally. And I'll share too really quickly that um, like when I, because I obviously I teach sex ed to people of all genders who are, who are young, who are in that like pre-sexual activity developmental phase. And some of the resources that we give to the kids, I also give to adults who grew up in evangelical purity culture because they didn't get taught about anything. They maybe eventually found their clitoris. It's hard for them to grapple with the fact that they were raised to not touch themselves like at all, like in any loving capacity uh, right. or sexual or whatever. And so I, I have with my friends who grew up in that and, and are still dealing with that shame, some of which are still virgins in their twenties, I, I give them the same books that I give to 14 year olds. I'm like, look, you need to read up because like this, you have to get back to the basics, understand where physical pleasure comes from, but also like, 
educate yourself enough so you can ask yourself questions. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's, it's tough to find that happy middle ground. Like you were saying. Right. And again, it's not about, for me, it's not about, you know, shaming really kind of anyone. It's yeah. just having the knowledge and all of it so that you get to make an educated decision, especially yeah. for women about their bodies, that it's okay to say no. And you don't need to succumb to peer pressure. If you want to get married as a virgin, you that's absolutely your choice. If yeah, that's what's right for you, that's what's right for you. But or if you want to explore your sexuality, do it and you know, there's healthy ways to do it. And also the more you know about your body, the better the sex is gonna be. And, totally. and yep. also, you know, you're going to be able to enjoy it just as much as the guy and also help teach the guy about what you like, what you like and yeah. what you don't like. And there's a lot of power and excitement and energy in really mastering your body, you know, and yeah. knowing, you know, knowing how it works and all the pleasure spots and none of yeah. that stuff is really, it's not taught because totally. female sexuality is really not that important totally. in society. And to me, it is. That's my whole thing. I'm like, eh, yeah. this matters. This stuff matters. So the next one you had was Pornhub Insights. <laughs> yes. And I just want to know, okay, tell me what are your insights on Pornhub? <laughs> yeah. So I have a lot of thoughts. I mean, so I will say, and I know this is kind of a, a point of controversy in the sex ed and sex positive community, but like I am pro porn. I definitely am a proponent of ethical porn. Um, but like most importantly, if you're not someone who can afford ethical porn, like I think we should teach kids, especially or teenagers, I should say to have media literacy, right? Like when you watch porn, just like be aware of what you're watching. Like, yes, a lot of it is fake or fantasy doesn't have to be reality. So even if something turns you on in a porn that you were, you're like, Oh, that's weird. I was like, super into that and it was like rougher, kinkier, whatever it is that I'm used to experiencing. That doesn't mean you have to replicate it in real life. So I just think like you can you can watch porn as long as you kind of like educate yourself about it. But the Pornhub Insights was very fun. So I had my partner who is like not a podcaster, not a sex educator, just my fiance uh, on the podcast. He is a data guy and and he was like obsessed with the Pornhub Insights, which is just an annual report that Pornhub releases about what the the viewership has been. Yeah. It's it's hilarious because things like the election impacted, like Florida's like top search on election day was just Trump. I'm like, people are just going to Pornhub and using it like a search engine. Like one of, I forget which state, but one of them was just like Kamala Harris in Pornhub. And I was like, who is using Pornhub like that? Like kind of as a a search engine, but also just to see what shows up that's relevant to your day to day. I mean, that's not at all how I've ever used porn. I think it's hilarious. That is hilarious. Yeah. What? Okay. So what, and what other surprises came out of that? Oh man. I mean, there, there's like the fine line between like one state's like top search of the year was cream pie and another one was accidental cream pie. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Okay. So accidental cream pie is like, oops, like teehee. Didn't mean to do it. it. Yeah. And others like, yeah, I'm going to fill her up. Like the difference in tone is drastic. Even though like. Okay. What's. Who. Do you remember what state did the intentional cream pie and what state was the accidental cream pie? I don't remember because I did my research so long ago, but I. Do you want me to pull it up? Because I can. Do it. Because I want to guess. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, this is a fun game for us to play. Okay, I know. Me, my guess, okay. Which, I mean, I my odds are like, what? what? I'm guessing really just 
one and 50 each time. Okay. So I'm going to say California was the accidental cream pie. Okay. And I'm going to say, I'll say, I think who's the intentional cream pie? I'm going to say, just based on, this is coming from personal experience. I'm going to say Alabama was the intentional cream pie. Fair enough. Okay. So I have, I'm looking at the map. I have found accidental cream pie, which is good. I'm trying to find intentional cream pie and I can't find it. There's daddy. That's a good one, but not not looking for (laughs) it. There's daddy. There's daddy. There's, why can't I find it? Okay. Well, I'm looking at the map of the 50 states, so forgive me. But um, I can tell you that the accidental cream pie was Missouri. Huh? Okay. Very surprising. Maybe the cream pie was on a different map from a different day, but this was like the election week top. Okay. Uh, Alabama was big booty, though, which I also think is predictable. Alabama was big booty? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. What was California? California. Okay. I can what find was there? <laughs> this is funny. What was California, there? Okay. California's was swag. That's their search? The word swag. Okay. Like, I'm telling you that people just type in whatever the hell they want. What? Like, what I was, don't even know. What really was what Florida? Florida, Florida was Trump. On Pornhub. Again, yes. Again, people, <laughs> like, it's, it's amazing. One of, one of the searches, so I do remember this. So Mississippi's was Pron, P-R-O-N. Like they went to the Pornhub website and then tried to search porn. porn and misspelled it. it. This is the top search. Like, did did someone do it on accident and think it was funny and then tell all of their friends? I have no I, idea. I don't, I don't know how that trends. Like, That's it's fine. Okay. One person did it. Okay. Yeah. But trending. I'm, I don't can't comprehend it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. First of all, I, I love Pornhub is such a fascinating place. And you, you know that what I love about Pornhub is a business model. Like I look at things all different ways, right? And the reason that they're such amazing marketers, when if you think about it, they can't market anywhere. Everything, porn is not popular. Yeah. The way, this is why they're so brilliant. The way they have found to get into mainstream media for free is by collecting all this data and putting out these reports and then getting onto the Wall Street Journal like the number one search term, you know, and then boom, they get their name on their Pornhub and they can just show all their stats and and it just drives people, people, you know, like the number one, you know, on this day. And and they find clever, they find such clever and interesting ways to do it, to get their, the data that they're collecting out there. And, and they're, it's, it's just their best and one of the most strategic marketing strategies. So as a business and as a company, I mean, I know porn, like people want porn, but you got to know that, you know, when they were starting out and they weren't allowed to advertise traditionally like everyone else, you can't go to Yahoo or, you know, not not Yahoo, but Google. I mean, like all the mainstreamers aren't going to touch you. And so these guys are really brilliant. So first of all, hats off to them. And I also love my, I love myself some good porn too. So I'm, you know, frequent porn. Pornhub and I love to go and just type in. Yeah. What do you think? Do you okay? Let me ask you this. This is uh, what's your number one search right now on Pornhub? You? Oh man, that is tough because it does it does change a lot. I tend to kind of start out with just like typing in orgasm and seeing what comes up. To be honest, because okay. anything I can do to try to get what at least appears to me to be like an authentic female orgasm, like that's where I'll go. But I will. It, I often end up in 
a lesbian category. Yeah. We're being honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I say this all the time, like, why the fuck do they never show women orgasming on porn? Like, you can see like she's building up. I just think they edit it out and they like, those aren't the parts that they're showing. And this is yeah. what, it's so the one thing I, about porn I would say that irritates me is that, hey, you need to highlight the woman, the female orgasm too, because for the most part, every guy I'm with, like that's his big climax. He is waiting for that. Like they want yeah. that. So why, sure. I always wonder why, why this is being edited out. But yeah. I believe it's disappointing because I think younger men start out not knowing enough about their female partner's bodies and what to do. And it's just kind of like, wham, bam, 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 bam. I put it in and I'm just going to jackhammer till I come. And that that gets a woman off and it's like, oh my God, no. It's (laughs) not that easy. I mean, I, I have personally a very complicated relationship to my orgasm. And that, that in part comes from as I mentioned earlier, some sexual trauma that I have since dealt with and processed. And I have very much reclaimed my sexuality. Yeah. But like a lot of the time when I get flustered or stressed during sex about having an orgasm, like I incorporate a toy. And so I do find that I often look at porn that uses toys because I'm like, well, God, like hopefully someone's having an orgasm if there's a fucking like wand being used. Right. Like, yeah. Surely. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> but no, it, it is totally like, even the guys I have been with who were who seem super sex positive and like I can have a frank conversation about who I am as a sexual being and like what I need from them as a sex partner. Like I've still been in situations where we're having sex and they're like, yeah, you're going to come. And I'm like, no, you know what? I'm not. I'm not. And I wasn't going to. And I'm especially not because you just fucking asked me if I was going to come and you got that from porn. Like you've definitely got that from porn. I put, I saw that in one of your podcasts, and I was like, okay. Yeah. And somewhere, I think that's in my questions here. I was like, <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, this is very funny. I was like, you're, it's great. No, no, no. You obviously don't like. You don't want a guy asking you that. Okay. No. So I think. Generally speaking, though, I should say I think now I have been with my partner sexually for long enough, and I'm having the best sex that I've ever had. I I mean, this is probably scandalous to say, but like, I don't know if I'd be marrying him if the sex wasn't like earth shattering. I I think that's, I think that's fair. And actually I think more people should hear that. I think more people should, should, you know, we have all these things on our checklist for what we're looking for a long-term partner. Have we ever said like somebody that that I have great sexual chemistry with or that rocks my world in the bedroom? And do you know how many people constantly reach out to me, write out, write to me, leave me voicemails because there's an, such an imbalance b- between them and the person that they married and their sex drive. And it's like, this should be in your premarital counseling. No, I mean, yeah. no joke. I, yeah, for sure. I believe in that. I believe in like, you need to be qualifying each other and don't be marrying stupid. And what I mean by that is stop thinking that just because you have, you like each other, that you're a good match for the yeah. long haul. Totally. You know, there's a lot of boxes that you need to tick off. And the one thing I hear over and over and over again is the lack of chemistry, the lack of connection. And that is such an important part of us to as human beings. And to not have that 
And to give that up and straddle yourself with someone for the rest of your life or for a decade or seven years or however long it's going to be before you split, split the sheets, it's ridiculous. Like really get more proactive about this upfront and realize that this is a biggie. This is not a small subject. It's a biggie. And you really need to be, yeah. And so I'm super, like, I applaud you, like, yay for saying that. No, you shouldn't, you should not whisper that. You should be shouting that because it is important. And I think the more people that hear it, the more it'll be okay and ingrained in people that how important it is. And you won't have people just stuck in sexless sexless marriages. I mean, that's what happens. It's so sad to me. Makes me very sad. And I'm a big proponent of maintenance sex. So obviously like, I mean, I'm, I would say I'm a kinky person and I have a kinky sex life with my partner. And so I would say like, you know, yes, oftentimes yeah. like it's probably raunchier than other people, but sometimes it's nice just to like probably categorize as vanilla sex. Like, yeah. you know, maybe there's a toy still, or maybe there's something else, but I think like you have to have the ability to want your partner all the time because yeah. that's how you maintain intimacy. I mean, I'm lucky in that like I have a relationship where we communicate very well and we never fight. So it's not like we have to have like makeup sex, but even then it's like, oh, we, we had a really busy work week and kind of barely saw each other. And being able to like come together in a physical way, not come together, C-U-M, though yeah. sometimes that's the case, but C-U-M, come together in a moment of intimacy. Like that's so important. And if you can't do that, if you don't want to do that, because like even the simple stuff just doesn't work. Like that's not fun. I wouldn't want to do that for any amount of time, let alone for decades. A lot of people do. I mean, it's really, really sad. I'm more afraid of that. I'm more afraid of being married and being in that circumstance than I am of not being married. Like that scenario that I see most people living in scares the crap out of me. Like, I'm like, oh no. Like, yeah, no, it's, it's boring and it's sad and it's lonely. And lonely. It's, yeah. yeah, it's lonely to sleep. Night. I mean, could you imagine you're sleeping next to someone night after night, year after year, and there's just no, there's no, you're like stranger. I mean, there's no physical yeah. intimacy. Oh my God. No, I no, like, yeah. I could just, I could weep. I could weep at the thought of that. Like, no, I can't even yeah. go there. Yeah. So, okay. So uh, this is so funny. Like, I swear to God, you could have telepathically, like if you could be a telepath and you could like, (laughs) well, is she reading out of my glasses what I have up in front of me? Okay. It looks like, so it it sounds like you're obviously starting to explore kink and, and you've got that in some of your episodes as well. Give me your perspective on kink and what do you enjoy about it personally? Yeah. Well, I think, um, I think everyone has a kink of some kind, whether they know it or not, is up to their willingness to explore themselves. But I think everyone's got a thing. And I think kink in general is, I think like, unfortunately, like the word and the idea like freaks people out. And so they don't want to try anything that they think is going to like land them in this like atypical or weird category of a sexual being. But I'm like, hey man, if you want to be tied up or if you want to be choked on occasion like that doesn't change who you are as your person or your character right like go for it get your wraps yeah. off yeah so i mean a big proponent of the exploration and the ability like we were saying earlier to say no as well like if you yeah. try something you're like i'm not really i don't really like that that's okay and for me something that was tricky is that there were some things kind of kink wise that in previous relationships or like just like 
sex, previous sex partners were not okay with me because mm-hmm. of the person I was having sex with. Yeah. So like, yeah, it can that, be like, person specific for sure. Yeah. Totally. I mean, some of it was like certain positions didn't feel right because our bodies weren't compatible in certain positions, whether it was like, I mean, I'm not penis shaming, but like penis size yeah. or penis curvature, There's, like sometimes. Yes. Yes. I'm totally. So- it's like, I can't get railed from behind by you because it's frankly painful, but you know what? Like anyone else do it, go for right. it. I'm down. It just, Depends sometimes. Yeah. Or that curve down when I need the curve up yep. isn't working because <laughs> yeah. you know, I know there's like totally. there's so many different factors. Yeah. yeah. And it's good to be able to to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. So. so there's some things where I was like, I really don't like being choked by this particular sex partner or just because like the, the tone that it had about it or something like that, or I yep. didn't really want to use. So like something that I've recently been incorporating into my sex life is more like dom sub implicative pet names whereas like in past relationships I haven't felt like inclined to use terms like sir or daddy whereas like I do incorporate those now depending on the play that I'm engaging in and so like I think I've leaned more into my ability to relinquish some of my control but I think like I would never have done that with someone previously and I think like for a long time, something I was very into, I mean, I'm still into this in a much more kind of like small localized context, but I was very into kind of like voyeurism and exhibitionism. And I was doing a lot of online anonymous sexual encounters. So I was like posting nudes anonymously. And then I was also having a lot of like sexting Skype sex type relationships. And part of that was because I was in a relationship with someone who got off on it. So, which, you know, was complicated in itself and kind of unfortunate because the person I was in a relationship with handled that dynamic very toxically and that it was his idea, but he wanted to control it in a way that I didn't agree with. So we started heads, but I, I had a lot of fun, like sharing myself anonymously and in a safe context with hot men and women like all over the fucking world like that was a blast yeah Um, and now it's like fun for me to still like incorporate photos and videos into my you know now monogamous sexual relationship but definitely like more safer and risk-free probably the way I'm doing it now than how I was for a few years yeah so what do you I guess here's just kind of a you know here's a broad sweeping question okay so what do you love most about sex and what do you I guess, just hope to impart most to your listeners? That's a toughie. Um, (laughs) So, okay. So first, so what do I enjoy most about sex? I think the the thing I enjoy most about sex is being in control of my body, even if I'm playing a submissive role. So I think feeling like I'm in the position to move in a way that feels gratifying to me and to someone else and to explore like my body's boundaries and limitations and also like experience the incredible highs that come with learning about my body and how it functions and what it likes and also like giving that to someone else so I think there's for me there's like a major control and like reclamation of my own body that comes with sex also like I enjoy having an orgasm and who doesn't right Uh, (laughs) that's a big part of it and I think too like now where I where I am um being able to explore all those things safely. So like there's a, a major sense of control of knowing that I can do literally anything and know that I'm with a safe person in a safe environment. And that's definitely like given me 
more empowerment in my own sexual experience. What would I impart upon my listeners? And which is just kind of like, what do you hope, like, as a just a big general message, like, you know, what do you really hope the takeaway is from the people that listen to your podcast? I think the main thing is that as long as there is kindness, respect, and consent, everything is normal and valid. So like, you know, if you think that you aren't supposed to like anal because of X, Y, and Z taboo, like as long as you are like consenting with yourself or consenting someone else, like do whatever you want with your ass. Like it is there (laughs) as as a pleasure zone. And there's so much pleasure that can be experienced from this like part of our bodies that we treat as taboo or shameful or embarrassing. And it's it's just things like that. I want everyone to know that as long as as long as it's safe and happy and healthy, do whatever the hell you want. Do what feels good. Anal, there's so much to explore back there. Oh, God. (laughs) And I think everybody should, I think every woman needs to try a butt plug. Yes. I could do a whole, I mean, I could probably do like five episodes alone just on butt plugs, butt plug safety, what I do's and don'ts, what I've learned, butt plugs getting lost in my butt, butt plugs flopping out of my butt during sex, rolling on the floor, rolling across the carpet. I mean, like, it's like, (laughs) Yeah. Anal yeah, lube, like, what you're saying, like good lube, yeah. bad lube. I mean, it's just like uh, getting know. yourself properly ready and relaxed. And uh, I mean, there's uh, that's it's a, a, it's a lot. There's, there's a, lot. a lot of stuff to check off. And I have tried, I mean, just recently I tried like a, in addition to a lube, like it was meant to be kind of like a pleasure numbing anal sensation that was like, didn't do it for me. I was like, actually yeah. just lube was going more, but I was like, you know what? I tried it and that was good. And I'm happy to try products and different toys and different things. And I have yeah. all kinds of butt plugs and anal beads. And I think yeah. that my partner has, he, I mean, his anal beads are longer and bigger than mine. Sometimes to be honest, like I feel like, <laughs> you know, I mean, like there's all yeah. kinds of options, right? Oh but, yeah. Um, I have, I know. And, and I've been yeah. with partners that are into anal play themselves. I fisted a guy. I mean like, Oh yeah. Oh my God. Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> It's amazing. Like yeah. to watch a man have a prostate orgasm like yeah. while you're fisting him. It's, I, I mean, I so I've I have not fisted personally and I've not been fisted really. I haven't been fisted, but I have yeah, been I, so. I haven't been the fisty, I've been the fistor. Yeah. No, I mean hell yeah, that's amazing. Especially like anally. I mean like vaginal fisting is like okay, one thing, like I yeah. get pussy stretches, but anal I mean, wow. That must have been like a process. It's a process. It's a full yeah. on like prep. It's like a day's preparation. I mean, like you totally. just, yeah, you're planning on this. It's not it's like, journey. hey, tonight I'm just going to surprise you with some fisting. No, you no. you don't go like, at it. You don't go at it. Morning, clipping your nails. He's yeah, I mean, everything right is, <laughs> everything is orchestrated, but very just, I just think people just need to be open to try things and pleasing their partner and conversely letting just being open and to being pleased and pleasured. And there's so much when you start opening those doors and going down those rabbit holes, there's just so, so much. And I love, that's what I love the most about, you know, exploring my own sexuality is just, it just leads it in so many different places, like things you just never even thought like that you would be into. And then boom, you land on it. You're like, this is the best thing ever. 
You know, like, wow. Yeah. yeah, what took me so long to get here? Now, I know you also have two. I just want to um, interject because I know you have, you have an affiliate program with a toy company, right? Yeah, yes. Support small businesses, friends. You can check out all your sex, toy, and other needs, thebiggero.com. The Bigger O is a woman-owned small business that supports particularly women's pleasure, but there's also strokers, cock rings, some other good stuff on there. Um, and to get your 10% discount, just use code sexistential. Um, that's S-E-X-I-S-T-E-N-T-I-L. T-I-A-L. Yep. Uh, sexistential. I can spell my own podcast name. Biggero.com. There you go. Yeah. That's a long one. That's a long code. Yeah. 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 Long, long code. I got a long name. <laughs> hey, guys, and don't be ashamed if you can't figure out, if, if it's not coming to you how to spell it off the top of your head, I will have it in the show notes. Don't worry. We can link you right there. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So thank you so much for all of the, you know, just doing this podcast with me. I was super excited to have you on. Tell everybody yeah. where they can find you, Em. Yeah, so Sexistentialist can be heard on all platforms, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, you know, Podbean, wherever you want to listen. Um, and then you can follow me on Instagram at SexistentialistPod. I like to post a lot about sexual education, what toys you should and shouldn't buy, how to clean your butt, all good stuff like that as well. Perfect. All right. There you go, guys. All right. Well, as usual, everybody, thank you so much for listening. I always love it when you give me feedback on every episode and it's really easy to do. You can just go to thecuriousgirldiaries.com, click on the pink tab on the right-hand side and leave me a voicemail. You can let it rip for up to five minutes and I will promise to get back to each and every single one of you personally and address your questions. Also, if you have some feedback for M or you want me to forward her a voicemail, leave it there and I will make sure that she gets it and that she can answer you too. All right, everybody stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend and make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com and join my subscribers-only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com.